Welcome to the Real Producers Partners Podcast. This podcast is done in conjunction with Real Producers St. Louis, Metro East, New Orleans, Baltimore, Chesapeake Bay, and West Valley, Arizona. It focuses on our top real estate performers and partners who support real estate and home services, their successes, stories, and challenges. Your host is Ken Tucker, Marketing Solution Architect at Changescape Web. The Real Producers Partners podcast is produced by Changescape Web. Hey everybody, this is Ken Tucker. Welcome to this episode of the Real Producers Partners podcast. Today I am with Lacey DeVilliers. She is the owner of DeVilliers Photography and Graphics in New Orleans. DeVilliers Photography HTX, I'm not sure what that is, so we'll ask you about that. And then also About Town Social. My understanding is you're a New Orleans native? Yes. Is that correct? All right, cool. Well, well welcome, we're, we're excited to have you. Thank you. So tell me a little bit about uh, your companies. It sounds like you have three different endeavors that you work on. I like to call myself a serial entrepreneur. I kind of never stop going. Um, All right. Photography and Graphics is the first studio that we that I opened. That one's in New Orleans, of course. We have two separate sides of that studio, one that does brand photography and one that does high school seniors, families, things of that nature. Then HTX is the newest branch. We actually just opened in Houston. I just got back home. I just got back from um, doing some hiring and stuff out there. And uh, Social is a social media kind of management company. But what it really does is it helps people to do it themselves. It sends you all the tools that you need to DIY. Okay. All right. Cool. How long have you been doing that? That one's been open since mid-2020. We opened up in April. Currently down right now. We're doing some revamping on it to re-release it in the third quarter of this year. Nice. Tell me a little bit more about your photography businesses and what kind of photography do you do? And if you could, just as you're kind of going through that, talk about how do you balance uh, work and life together? Sure. I've been a photographer for a pretty long time. The business in New Orleans will actually make 13 in August of this year. It'll be 13 years old. We really focus on storytelling through photography so we focus on a very lifestyle sort of a setup we have a boutique operation going but we're not necessarily your sears portrait studio if that makes sense we're always going for very unique images images that really capture who you are and we are also always going for content because content is king that is not changing anytime soon and so but i guess like the thing that kind of gets crazy with that is that most of us are not models right we're not people who spend a lot of time in front of a camera not necessarily people who know what looks great in front of a camera and that's kind of where we come in there's always a certain layer of celebrity to a photo shoot especially a brand shoot a senior portrait session something like that and we come in to really take it to that next space to make people comfortable and to make sure we're telling their story in new orleans like i said we offer a couple of different options than we do in houston just because houston's new sooner or later we will grow it out to where it offers everything that we have here but for now in houston we're focusing on brand photography headshots and senior portraits I would say one of the best things is that, especially here in New Orleans, having been open for as long as we have, we literally have clients who we took when they were babies, who we are now seeing go into middle school. And it's really fun to grow with people 
or even with our business clients who we started with very early and now we're watching their businesses grow, watching them follow their dreams. And that part of it is amazing. Work and life, I think you asked. I have a really dear friend who is a mental health professional and uh, she actually taught me about the term work-life blend instead of work-life balance. For the entrepreneur, as she says it, and it's very true, we're not going to see balance. There will always be weeks where you work like a crazy person, but then on the other side of that, if I want to go spend two weeks in the South of France, there's no one to tell me that I can't do that. I may have to kill myself getting there. And when I get back, it's going to be a lot, but I can do whatever I want to. Um, So pretty much making sure that you keep sight of what's important. I love my businesses. I do. I love what I do for a living, but it's family first. It's God keeping sight of the things that are truly important and also of why we do it. For me, I love traveling. I love showing our kids new things. I love being able to spend time with my family and cook and have all that kind of fun. And if I'm letting work take over my life, I can't do any of that. So it's when people ask how, I'm always honest about the fact that it is sheer willpower because owning a business is not easy. (laughs) If you let it take over your life. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Fortunately for me, I love what I do too. I do digital marketing. And so I live it, I breathe it. The thing that I don't like about it the most is uh, I used to love to read recreational, Mm -hmm. recreationally literature and fiction, things like that. I don't do that very much anymore because I read so much professionally that yeah. I'm just kind of tapped out. <laughs> That's my one regret, I think, really for my business. But uh, and, and I love the fact that you're focused on storytelling. I'm a story brand certified guide. Of course, that's one of the first books I read in the, in the it's, genre. It's, yeah. Oh, it's such a great book. I mean, it's so <laughs> really? simple and clear. I absolutely love it. And now, when you're working with a business, for example, do you work with them to, to like have a media day where, let's say, work with a realtor, maybe you go set up and help stage three or four different locations in the course of a day just so that they can get a lot of quality pictures produced in a fairly short amount of time? Is that something that you do or that you think is helpful? Absolutely. So we preach quarterly content sessions, depending on how much content you need, how many different outlets you're on, and also what else you're doing. So for example, you might have a person like me who I use all of my professional photos. I also record a lot of reels. I also put up quotes. So all of that is content. Or you might have a person who literally just posts their professional photos every day. Both are great. That person's going to need more content. They're going to need to have more stuff come out of a photo shoot. So your quarterly sessions are anywhere from one hour up to a full day, just depending on what the customer is trying to, excuse me, trying to do. Our most popular two are, of course, the two hours and the half day sessions. But yes, to answer your question, in a full day session, we can go to multiple locations. We will help with staging. We even can so much as help with finding talent if they want someone there to pretend to be a buyer. We always tell people, you can totally use somebody you know. Don't make it someone who's on your Instagram all the time or on your account all the time. Like, I can't make my mother into a fake client. I can't do it. She's (laughs) on my Instagram all the time as my mother. So it would have to be someone who maybe I know them, but I don't hang out with them that often. They're not on social media much. But to kind of avoid all of that, we say it's not a bad idea to just pay someone to be there or to utilize an actual client. 
Yes, that's the fun part. When we get to go stage things, we do a lot of stuff outdoors as well, especially if you're really trying to tell the story of being a New Orleans realtor. We often tell them, they ask like, you know, where should I shoot? So of course we can shoot at your different properties. You can ask a friend to shoot at a property. But in addition, it's one of those nuggets. You should shoot where you want to sell. New Orleans neighborhoods are iconic. You can look at one of them and you can tell where you are beyond a shadow of a doubt. And so if you want to sell the garden district, it does not make sense for us to be taking pictures in St. Claude Corridor. You want to be where you want people to think you are. Kind of making sure to show people what you want them to believe, pretty much. Photography, even photojournalism is in the eye of the beholder and to a certain extent can be skewed. So basically just making sure that what we come up with is your highlight reel. Your social media should be your highlight reel. And so that's what we're trying to put together for you. It sounds to me like part of what you do is you get people to keep coming back through these regular quarterly photo shoots, which I think is a great idea because it's really important Content creation isn't a one and done kind of a thing. You have to keep going on and on and on. So if you're dealing with something where there's turnover and in inventory, that's a constant requirement. So most definitely. And it's a matter of constant inventory turnover. And again, in New Orleans, I always say also being seasonally appropriate. There is absolutely no reason for you to be posting a photo of you in jeans and a coat in July. <laughs> Everyone knows you are not outside in jeans and a coat in July because it's a thousand degrees. So exactly. Yeah. The, the small things that we change about ourselves. It's been an uphill climb in New Orleans. I'll say that because it took a long time for a lot of people to realize that there is no such thing as all I need is one good headshot anymore. Not for the entrepreneur. You need content. Like you need branded content. We also, of course, fight with folks, not fight, but, you know, we fight against the thought that I can just buy stock photography. Well, don't do it because people are so used to looking at content nowadays. They look at stock and they know it's stock. What's worse than that is that people don't often read the fine print on how you're allowed to use stock photography. And by the time you have bought the correct licensing to actually be able to do everything that you need to do with those photos, in a lot of times you could have just gone and gotten your own branded content that would have gotten you farther. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that we do is we do uh, Google business profile optimization. Mm-hmm. We're also a Yelp advertising partner. So we actually work with a lot of Yelp business profiles as well. You can't use stock photos. No, you have to have unique content. Now, that doesn't mean you have to have a picture taken. You can do design like Canva and create an image and things like that. But people want to see people's faces. Yes. That is huge. Psychologically, that makes people want to take action and yes. it makes them connect with you in so much of a deeper way. I love what you're saying. It sounds sounds pretty amazing. Thank you. It sounds like we have a lot of the same opinions, probably because we both follow the story brand model. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So tell me, what do you think sets your brand apart? Oh, a lot of different things. But I would say probably the biggest one, and this is one that we get from clients a lot, is that um, I'm sure you've noticed today, I don't take myself too seriously. No one on my team takes themselves too seriously. And we believe that when you walk into a photo shoot, we should be having fun. So <laughs> we're going to do everything that we can to lighten it up, to make sure that you're not nervous and standing in front of the camera like, it's a photo shoot, let's have fun with it. That's another reason that we preach quarterly because there is a lot less pressure on you if you know you're coming back in three months. If you don't love these photos, if the outfit didn't come in on time, 
oh, well, I'll see you again in three months. Oh. And I would say the other big thing that sets us apart is the amount that we plan. We call ourselves DPG, Devillier Photography and Graphics. Right. A photo shoot with DPG starts with planning and we plan a lot. If we're talking about a business shoot, we will plan all the way down to where are you planning to use these? How are you planning to use these? What specific shots are you looking to get? What are things that you connect with your audience on? And we actually do shot lists. We don't always do them because some people prefer not to work with those, but we're able to do them. And a lot of other people don't, because here's the thing. When you're talking about content photography, you can take the most gorgeous pictures in the world. If they don't say what you need them to say, if they don't sell what you need them to sell, you have in fact not succeeded at a content photography session, no matter how nice the photos are, because the whole purpose is that they're supposed to make this person money. And if they're not doing what they're supposed to do, then that's a problem. We say plan, 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 and then execute. It's one of the reasons that most of our clients are able to have fun at a photo shoot because nothing's out of place. Nothing is unknown. You show up, you know what we're doing. We know where we're going. We know when we're changing clothes. We know right. when we're going to break. We know it. So right. <laughs> you mitigate the risk as much as possible. Yeah. I did a photo shoot. I, I ran for office several years ago and even if you know what's coming, still yes. the staging is, is still a little awkward. So it, it's great that you're lightening it up because for me, I remember I was sitting around the table acting like I was talking to people. Mm -hmm. you know, well, actually, I really was talking to people, but it was in a staged environment. And you're, you're a little self-conscious about it until you kind of get into it. And so right. having somebody who can kind of coach you through that and make it a more natural process is really key. Agreed. Yep. 100%. And I can say it because I preach this, but I also do it. I myself hire photographers every three months to take photos. Part of why is, of course, because I need the content. No joke. Even though I'm behind the camera and even though my business is behind the camera, we still have to have content. But the other part of it is always wanting to be able to put yourself in the client's shoes. I know how awkward someone can feel at a photo shoot because I felt it. I know that if you went to the hairdresser and something went wrong, that the rest of it can be ruined because I've had that happen. Again, you, it also gives you just an elevated way to give people tips. I started telling people, never get a new hair dye job right before photos. It's a terrible idea because if something goes wrong and you don't like it, you are now stuck with this. And what's worse is if you don't like it enough to then go and get it re-dyed another color, you're technically gonna need to take photos again and pay for this again once you get back to a color that you actually like. And people yeah. don't think about it. They're like, oh, well, I had a hair appointment and I got my hair dyed and I don't like it. So now it's one of the things you see in our FAQs, do not make any radical changes to yourself before a brand photography session. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Yeah. So what do you find to be the most challenging about your work? It's very subjective. Also, it's not the kind of thing where when you think of a product, for example, Either it's a good product or it's not, right? Like there are some products that are going to work better for other people, sure. But unless it's literally an item not as described, you're much more likely to just say, okay, this face cream wasn't for me. But when it comes to a service and a very subjective service at that, the reason that people might not enjoy the photos at times has nothing to do with you. We can do the job perfectly. But again, if something was off, you didn't like something, the dress was not fitting the way that you wanted it to fit, 
there's no forcing you to like those photos. And so that's the most challenging part. We generally mitigate it during the planning process because we ask very honest questions, including, are there things about yourself that you don't like? Because I need to know that. Hate your midsection, I need to know that so that I can pose you, I can take more photos from here on up, and give you ideas on what to wear, things of that nature. But even with all that, sometimes it doesn't. So I would say that's probably the most challenging aspect right next to marketing it. And marketing it can be challenging because of how many people seriously believe that they can do it themselves. <laughs> it is incorrect, but a lot of people think it. That with a cell phone, oh, I can just get my friend to take my photos with a cell phone. Your child's senior portraits is going to happen one time yeah. or for your business. You have to be willing to invest. If you want <laughs> people to invest in you, you have to invest in yourself. Yeah. But it can be very difficult to get folks to understand that. And I think there's a time and a place for some of that, but but it it's not a replacement for sure. We do website design, which ultimately we come up with a design. We think we've nailed it and it's a little bit off from what somebody expected or, or, or was hoping for. And anytime you're dealing with a service, it's just those vagaries come yep. in and you just have to be prepared to deal with them and modify. So let's see. So you said you started 13 years ago in August. That's that's awesome. Thank yeah, you. I started my company in uh, August as well. So, nice. Good yeah, one. 2005, actually. So. Okay. So you started a couple of years before me. Yeah. What have you done in terms of marketing your business that you think has been one of the most successful things you've done? Building relationships has been my most successful form of marketing. One, I always joke with upcoming photographers and I tell them, you're a great photographer and that's wonderful. If you don't have people skills, I hope that your plan is to go and photograph camels in the desert because you will not make it photographing people without the right personality. I would say that relationship building has been the biggest one because although we do advertise and we are on social and all of that kind of stuff, the majority of our business comes from referrals. It comes from referrals from other clients. Yeah. So I, I would say that, yeah, relationship building, um, we're in a BNI chapter. We are in different professional organizations. I'm a member of the Lynx Incorporated. So just making sure that you're always out there. And honestly, that's part of what social media is too. I could go on and on about how you cannot expect to post a coupon every six weeks and think that people are going to care and follow you. You have like social media in its very name is supposed to be social, right? Like you have to be on there building the audience, building the connections. Right. And then when you talk about your company, people care because they're invested in you. Well, and you talk about difficult. It's become a real challenge to leverage organic social media where you're not paying for ads, especially on a platform like Facebook. Facebook business pages are getting practically no. They're not. I follow Mari Smith a lot, who's she considers to be herself to be the queen of Facebook, and she probably is. She's extremely knowledgeable. I saw that she just posted Facebook live video is the number one performing piece of content on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Images are number two above uploading video directly to Facebook, which I thought was really interesting. I would have expected video to outperform images a little bit, but that's changed actually over the last uh, six months or so. I just see that. I can believe it because when it comes to a video, depending on where you are, you can't always watch it. So if your video, and I do tell people this, even with your reels and things like that, yeah. if you put those captions on it, that'll right. do a lot for your reach. Because that yeah. means that if I can't listen to sound, I can right. read it. Right. If exactly. I try the one, I'm skipping it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The The previews don't have sound either. No. Yeah. Are you, what 
you done in terms of an investment in your business that's been the most beneficial, like taking a class or reading a book or having a mentor, things like that? Oh, that's a hard one because I've done quite a few things lately that could really go there. I would probably say recently I completed the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Businesses Program. And being that my dream is to expand, that has been really an integral part of being able to expand. Um, It was certain things that I just would have never gotten into. Like now I can dive into my books. I understand them a lot better because I had to learn it. It was part of of being able to graduate. Yeah. So I would say lately that's it. The best investment in general, though, is the investment in my team. I invest in really great talent. I give, I always joke and say, we run a really European ship over here. We hand out holidays like it's our day job. I need happy people (laughs) because if you are not happy, then you are not producing happy pictures. So that's probably the best investment, man. And it can be anything from the fact that we have a very open policy at work, right? Like if you were my employee and you said, I just need a mental health day. Okay, great. Let's work it in. Don't call in sick. Let's not do any of that. There's no reason to do it. (laughs) And we just keep it very honest and above board. We do yearly raises, things like that, because that's, that's the best investment is in the team. Without the team, I could not exist on the level that I exist. One of the things that I didn't mention that we do are full scale school contracts. So all the way through all the portraits, all the dances, the games, everything like that, we offer those as well. I could not offer that by myself. There is no way as of this year, we'll be offering that for 13 schools. Without wow. the right team in place, that could never happen. So as you're looking to expand into do different markets, I don't know a whole lot about your type of business, but I know for my business, I consider myself a solution architect. Mm-hmm. I love to try to find something where I can build once and sell over and over and over again efficiently and effectively. One, because I know it works really well. Mm-hmm. Two, because it, it gives me more predictable results. Three, yes. I can charge a little bit less for that, but I can also probably make more money on it. Yeah. So is there anything like that that you're looking at doing in the world of photography? Yes. So we are actually planning to start recording some classes and stuff like that to help people. We're not really going to do classes to help people take photos or make photography. There's enough of that out there. We're going to be starting to record classes on the business of photography, how to run a photography studio and how to run a successful photography studio and what you need to do and how things need to go. Because that is the kind of thing that a lot of people in creative industries don't really know. I was totally that person. I took a class years ago by Sarah Petty. And then I took another one by a woman named Jamie Swanson that were all about the business of photography. And that's between those Goldman Sachs. That's how I really became much more able to streamline things and to make sure that things were working. So that's the plan for that. The expansion into other markets is because of the fact that there's no ifs, ands, or ways around it. There's more money in photography in other markets. Texas and different cities in Texas are consistently voted the best places for photographers to live. There's Mm -hmm. lots of work. Well, there's lots of Fortune 500 companies. So the expendable income is there. And there are also lots of smaller businesses there in Because it's a larger market, people more understand the need to market. They need, they understand the need to consistently have um, content. When you're in a smaller market, that need isn't as great because at the end of the day, you're going to know someone who knows someone. 
That's not the case in your larger markets. So I often say in our market, step one is convincing people that they need your service. Step two is convincing them to use you. In larger markets, like the ones we're expanding into, step one is taken care of. They already know that they need it. So at that point, you only have to do step two and convince that the person that they should buy it from is you. Interesting. Okay. There was a great podcast that Donald Miller did, I think through the Business Made Simple podcast that he has. Mm -hmm where he was working with, and this was born out of necessity because of COVID, uh, a couple of women who ran a dance studio. Mm-hmm. They basically had to shut down during course, COVID. Yeah. So they talk through this podcast episode about how to productize what they were doing in just delivering to six or eight or 10 or 12 students at a time, taking that, turning that into an online model. And then from an online model, taking that into a almost a almost a franchising kind yeah. of perspective where you sell sell a license here is how you set up a photography business in your case and it's the course and the licensing to be able to leverage your knowledge and expertise so Correct. it was a fascinating fascinating podcast so awesome i can back and watch that one yeah it's yeah. Um, his podcasts are phenomenal <laughs> i've not seen a bad i've not seen a bad anything from donald <laughs> yeah true absolutely <laughs> Yep. All right. So um, we're getting up uh, close to the time. So I'm going to ask you one more question. If you had one ask of our listeners, what would that be? Follow me at, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no. I would say make sure that you are putting things out there that are authentic, that talk through your story and that tell who you are and not just what you do. Remembering always that people don't really buy things. They don't buy houses, they buy other people. And whatever your nuances are, whatever fun stuff you like, that's going to gel with someone. So I would just ask to think through what makes you different and put that out there. Yeah. Well, Lacey, thanks so much. I really enjoyed talking with you. It was awesome. I love what you're doing with your business. That sounds pretty amazing to me. Thank you. I love what you're doing with yours too. We'll have to chat some more offline. Absolutely. All right. right. Thank you so much. Have a great day. You as well. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Please be sure and subscribe to the Real Producers Partners podcast on your favorite podcast platform. We'd love for you to review us wherever you get your podcasts. Visit rppp.rocks for more episodes and links to set up a free consultation with the host of this podcast. Thanks again and stay tuned.